0: Radio, I'm Angel Quintana, and this is my co-host, Susan Hewitt. Susan, please say hello. Hello, everybody. Oh, I'm Glad excited to be about here. The topic. Yeah, this is going to be a good one tonight. So uh, before we get started, I want to give a few words about what Heart Heroin is if you're new to our radio show. Uh, Heart Heroin is an art of humanity movement designed to create positive change in the world. We are here to inspire our audience to think outside the lines. Uh, Let go of negative influences of society and the media that that promote perfectionism and yield other damaging consequences. Through Heart Shaped Heroin weekly radio show, myself and Susan will discuss thought-provoking topics to expand awareness around propaganda, holistic living, self-empowerment, and much more. Join us every Friday for a pro-happiness fuel for the brain that will leave you exhilarated, and ready to take charge of your own life and be a holistic leader of tomorrow.
1: So, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Excited for tonight about our wonderful topic. Angel, do you want to introduce what our theme is? Oh, yes. Okay, so tonight our topic is,
0: where are you missing your cue? So,
1: yeah, this is kind of a big one because we all have blind spots, right, Susan? Absolutely. And in life, there's times when we're all kind of left with that feeling as, wow, we missed the boat on this. We missed our cue. And it's kind of, you know, it can be embarrassing where the stage is waiting for us and the cue comes and we just didn't get it. We didn't see it. And that can happen proverbially in life. So it's yeah. a big, it's a big deal.
0: Yeah, I I often wonder if it comes from, if it's somewhere embedded in the subconscious or if we are actively, consciously creating maybe some of our own drama or other things where we're kind of blindsided by why certain occurrences happen in our lives. So tonight we're really going to dive deep into, you know, talking about gossip and troublemakers and maybe even some boredom in our life and how we all kind of get caught up from time to time in work and maybe even associating with um, topics that people are engaging in that aren't really for our best interest. So we all are guilty of it. There's no judgment here. It's really just about getting really uh, clear about who you are and what you really want to
1: spend your time doing to enhance your life. Absolutely. So part of what could be lurking in our blind spot, like we've had to, um, you know, we've discussed about negative talk and gossip and those things that separate people from another um, has to do with oftentimes people go down these avenues not realizing that what they're doing is causing harm and damage, and that's part of this blind spot. And so the blind spot really comes – it's something that I'm passionate about talking about. I try to check mine, but I know I've got things that are still obviously in there that I can't see, you know. Um, so I'm not, I'm not saying I got the um, – the patent on this, but I do talk a lot about it. So what it comes from really is what's called the Johari window, and it's a model that was developed in um, 1955 by two therapists, Joseph and um, his friend, Harry, and they were in UCLA, and so they named their theory Johari. And really what it is, it's about self-development, personal um, inner development, inner group development skills, cooperation, empathy, and what he calls soft skills. So it's something to help people relate to each other better because oftentimes when people aren't looking at themselves, including that blind spot, then they can't really be on a team. They can't work with people. And so it was a way that they said, you know, if we're going to help teach people how to work together and look at themselves, we have to do some kind of gentle you know, have you checked your blind spot, a way to expand their self-awareness. So it helps with groups, it helps with teams, and it helps with just us personally. So, Angel, do you want me to kind of launch into like a small description of what this is or just kind of... Absolutely, yeah. Please enlighten us, engage with us, because I know
0: that I have my own blind spots and I'm definitely going to be checking them out as uh, I listen to you.
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah. And, And, you know, this topic will come up again, you know, um, in a few weeks, because it just, this is life. And like you said before, no judgment, no, um, nobody has to feel ashamed listening to us talk about this, because we're all in this together. We are all in this boat together. So basically, um, so there's four reasons of the self, the open area, the blind area, the hidden area, and the un- the unknown area. And so the open area is a free area that we are absolutely fine with other people knowing about ourselves. We can readily access this open area. And um, that's cool. It's like I'm Susan Hewitt. I'm 37 years old. I live in Enseninas. I've been married 11 years and, you know, other things that it's like, hey, no secret here. And so then there's a hidden area of the self that is more um, what's called an avoided area, a secret area, um, that we're really not so readily interested in people knowing about these things about us. You know, maybe there's some shame around it, um, and so we'd rather that be unknown. And then there's the unknown aspect of the self, or area of unknown activity, which is basically subconscious feelings, maybe repressed feelings, and memories, and unknown illness, fears, um, whatnot. So this is in the unknown area. And so the, but the key area that we're going to discuss tonight is the hidden area or the blind spot, the avoided area, and the facade. Um, so it's definitely um, unknown to ourselves, but it's known to others. So when we increase the open area we reduce the blind spot area and henceforth it increases self-awareness so we take personal responsibility to look at the blind area we give sensitive feedback we encourage that interchange. and even if you know we're in a team it's like okay if we approach it this way well is this something that's in the blind spot it doesn't need to cause such an emotional upset about it you know, And so that's kind of how this came about, and it really is a really receivable way to try and approach talking to people um, at work, at your business, um, even in your family about, well, could this be in a blind spot? Could it be in my blind spot that I'm not seeing it? Could it be in your blind spot? So one thing that we were going to discuss tonight is the motivations behind when we talk badly about other people, when we have negative things to say. It's like, what are we trying to do? Are we trying to elevate ourselves? Are we trying to coerce these people and gain power? What's our motive in that? And is that in our blind spot? Is it ugly? Is it an ugly thing that we're doing? So that's something that I was just going to kind of bounce to you um, about damaging negative talk.
0: Yeah, I, so many things came up for me as you were speaking. It's it's such an important topic and it, it is it is so necessary for self-awareness because I – find myself, doing as much as some people might not realize, I'm always questioning: Is it me? Is it me? Is it me? Like when I get upset about something, um, or I feel disempowered in some way, or I'm hurt by somebody else's agenda, or whatever it is, I am always asking myself: Like, okay, is it me? If I don't know the answer, then I can, you know, go to the other person and find out if it if it isn't. If they're not feeling what I'm feeling, then I'll just take another look at myself. Um, But then a couple things came up when you were speaking about, you know, is it possible that our personalities could potentially aggravate someone's hidden area?
1: Oh, Uh, that's interesting. Say more. Like we become a trigger. So let me just give an example. So say you
0: are somebody that kind of just says, says things like it is. You're not saying it to be mean or hurtful, but you're calling it like you see it. Like, okay, this is what I'm seeing, and I'm going to say it. And then an emotional response from the other person, it turns into something where either there's some reverse psychology, there's some, you know, nails coming out, the claws are coming out, and I'm curious to know if, you know, the person that is, um, you know, saying it like it is, not meaning to hurt anybody, but just, like, putting it out there, Could it potentially be that the person that's getting upset about it is because that person aggravated their hidden
1: area? Ah, well, that's interesting. That really is interesting because the hidden area is an avoided self area or facade. So I actually need to correct myself. I was talking about that in the blind spot, but the avoided self area or the facade is part of the hidden area. So it, it, it does. It represents information, feelings, Um, anything that a person might know about themselves that they want to keep hidden. And so that's very interesting you bring this up because people do not like to be called out. Situations that happen, people do not want to be called out. And especially if there's, um, let's see, a thread in the fabric of pride and ego, like we've talked about last week, you call out someone that has that going on, they might not want to ever talk to you again. And, um, so it could be very hard when, for instance, you're talking about you, like, seeing something, instead of hiding it, you're not in your fear, your, you know, throat chakra is very intact and you're speaking your truth on it, and then that's really, that could be very threatening to someone that has a huge hidden area. And what's interesting about how dynamic this process is with the, um, Jahari window is that you can increase the open area through feedback, um. Mm. And it decreases the hidden area or the blind spot and the, and even in the subconscious. Like we can make our subconscious less powerful and less vast by having things be more raised to consciousness. Which, you know, part of what my work does, not having a shameless plug for that, but it's true. It's part of what the work does is, and you know this through some of the things we've done, is it raises a subconscious thing into consciousness with a statement that we never knew that statement would be relevant. It never was coming up in a regular therapeutic hour because that just takes, like, you know, six sessions to get to normally. But through the energy you can see, well, no, that's the statement you need. And it just comes right off its race to consciousness. So then it makes the unknown area smaller. So now I'm kind of getting on a tangent. But, yeah, I mean, when when we're doing that, that can feel threatening to people. It's like my hidden area is very intact. This is what I'm comfortable about. And now you're creating this openness, and you're kind of maybe, I'm not ready for that, and so I will lash back out, and that's when the claws come out. And people just don't like to be called out. It's like that whole thing where, you know, I see you. People don't want to be seen. Not everybody, but people in transition, people in pain, people dealing with some issues, they don't want other people to see that It's very hard. So that's where I think sensitivity and communication helps because then we're not really exposing their their soft middle. You know, we're like, so that's where I think for you, it's like, okay, where am I going to communicate this where I'm getting my point across and I'm speaking my truth, but they can receive it. Because sometimes we don't know what people are going through and if they can tolerate, you know, the overt explanation of what the truth is versus like, okay, you know, this is kind of what the truth is, but maybe this is a way you can hear it. And so there's not a big ugly. People are dealing with so much. It's just, it's it's, it's interesting how defensive. I mean, I know this for me. I'm much like you in that way. Recently called out a situation that has nothing to do with, you know, work or, you know, collaborating, but a personal situation. And, um, uh yeah, people did not like that. They did not like to be called out. <laughs> it's just like, okay, sorry, what, Should I just retreat back into my shell now and just, like, not see you? Because, sorry, I see you, and I'm going to tell you that, you know. And it was just too much for these people because, honestly, they were going through some major stuff, some major stuff that, like, needed help, if you know what I mean.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's the kind of thing we're up against, you know. Yeah, and it's like it
0: can quickly turn to evil. And especially wow. being a wom- woman is just the claws come out and the evilness, like, it's, I always make jokes with my husband because it's like guys can, like, you know, punch each other in the face and then go get a beer. You know? Yeah.
1: It's
0: like It's like not like that for women. So the claws come out and somebody gets scratched and then instead that pain or whatever is being hidden now turns into potentially
1: gossip. Yeah, okay, so that's where it goes destructive. And before we get into how hard that is and how hurtful that is, I just want to say this one piece um, that I wrote down as part of the thing we were going to discuss, but this has to do with personal responsibility actually, like ourselves. It says, seeking feedback about the blind area will actively reduce the blind area and will increase this open free area. Discovery through sensitive communications, active listening, and experience will then reduce the unknown area, transferring it in part to the blind hidden areas, depending on who knows what, or better still, if known by the other person, to the free area. And that was kind of not super um, worded in a really understandable way, but what I got out of that is that we now that we are aware that this part of ourself exists, that we might need to be active seekers of feedback in the blind area in order to increase our open area, which is the healthy healthy dynamic. And so We don't want too much hidden, too much in the subconscious, or too much in the blind is the whole point. That was like a meandering way to get to that point.
0: Right. So, but being o- more open and insensitive, that, that still takes what our last topic was in our last show. It's was about, was about building rapport. I mean, first of all, there's got to be some kind of trust built for someone to want to show their hidden area when somebody's calling them out on something. So I totally get why mm-hmm. claws come out, you know, mm-hmm. because rapport hasn't been established. Um, mm-hmm. th- there's the pride and ego of the hidden spot that doesn't want to be shown, but you've just touched it, and they mm-hmm. didn't like that. And then mm-hmm. um, there's maybe some lack of sensitivity going on. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, to repair that, you know, once it's already happened, see, here's where the problem happens, because once that's already been established, that those three things have basically taken place, to repair that,
1: I would be interested in opening that up for discussion. Yes, to repair that. that because case- if it doesn't get repaired...
0: I believe, I think that that's when gossip starts to be spread.
1: Oh, okay, boom. That's, here's the kicker. That's true. That's when the gossip happens, is when the repair attempt is either not taken or it's not, it's not received. And I think with those two things, when it's not taken or received, there's fear involved. And it's like, well, um, I'm not going to be the one to make that step or the other person's well i'm not going to be the one to make that step so then there's an impasse and then two people are stuck on an island and then they've decided they have their story about the other person and and they're right when maybe there's points you know that are right and we've all we've all come in into this in our life so this isn't something that we don't all deal with you know so it's not like pontificating about something that doesn't we don't face on a personal level or on even a professional level but I think you're right. It's When the repair, the repair attempt is missed is when then we're stuck with the negative feelings. Then we create a story about the person. We put our stamp of judgment on them. And then here's where the destruction is. We start separating other people by talking about it. And, and that is scary. And I think that sometimes when people do that, they're trying to work out their pain over the unresolved repair attempt. They're trying to work out their issue over the unresolved communication There's even an ancient proverb that, you know, says, you know, um, that it's not, it's it's destructive to not try to seek mutual agreement on an issue. So like if there's no mutual agreement that could come from it, people are left with just the pain, ugly feelings. And so then they have to prove their point and they have to talk about it in order for them to feel okay within themselves Mm -hmm. and to validate themselves for why something went wrong. And that's, right. that's just hard. <laughs> it's painful.
0: Yeah, Thought. it's because it sounds like it's because there has never been an action taken by the potential gossiper to actively seek out maybe healing or some kind of resolution within themselves. So they're like the, the gossip actually is somehow in some indirect way a therapeutic thing for them because they get to talk oh. about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, they, you know, whether or not they're spreading mm-hmm. it's nasty and it's spreading whatever that is, but it's a form of therapy, which is actually not therapy at all, but it's a way at least to release something that's still bottled up and being held onto for however long, months, years, and years for some people of yeah. just being not heard and still wanting to be mm-hmm. heard. So potentially uh, maybe gossipers just are still... They were never
1: heard, and so now they want to make their voice known. Yeah, no, that's true. And like I said last week, I wasn't going to bring her up again, but I am doing that. Um, I think we need some product placement uh, funds by now. But as Brene said in her TED Talk, Listening to Shame, she says this. She goes, blame in the research is found to be just a discharge of pain. So that was when she was discussing shame. So blame is really a discharge of pain. I just thought that was interesting and very well said by her as a therapist and, you know, researcher of people that when we're trying to blame or spread the blame and spread the destructive talk about it, we're discharging pain, discharging pain around what went wrong, you know, Mm. what happened and... Not everything is going to end up all roses. I mean, we're living in the real world. People are dealing with major stress. They're dealing with a lot of stuff. And when we're more stressed out, when we have personal things going on that are taxing us, we might not be on our best game when it has to do with um, dealing with, like, a business issue, a business dealing. Or we might not have, you know, thought about, okay, we need to get this in writing so that we're not having this big ugly at the end or you know, when, when people are stressed out, they're not, they're, they might sound more agitated than they need to on an issue. Like this just came up with me today. A client had to bring up something from three weeks ago when I was actually dealing with like a clump of um, stress. It was ebbing at that time, but it was still kind of on the heels of it. And she goes, you know, when you said this one sentence, you just sounded very strong. And I was like, really? I mean, she, and she it was really a good therapeutic opportunity that she felt safe enough to say this to me. And it was really good for me to hear because I'm like, wow, I'm really glad three weeks later that you needed to bring this up. You felt safe enough to bring it up. Now this is a therapeutic opportunity for you to say, feel heard, not be judged, know that I am here for you, and I appreciate your feedback. And she goes, well, and she says to me, which is so funny when you, you it's a reciprocal process always when you're like healed by being like a healer. And she goes, <laughs> you know, I just, I knew that you, I, I could tell that you were dealing with a lot and I knew that you're getting your support on it and everything, but it just, it just is a reminder that when we're dealing with a lot, it might come out in weird ways. We don't even realize it in our tone or like you talked about tone too or just how we come across, and people might be more sensitive to that. And I just thought it's true. When we're stressed out, we might not be, um, you know, delivering our best to others when it comes to interaction. So then it creates these dynamics, back to, like, the topic at hand, why things don't get resolved, why, to me, I just go back to it's two people not wanting to, one of, if Two people are not wanting to move. One person is wanting the other person to move, and it's hard because if the other person isn't moving, it's hard to go all the way the distance to meet the other person where they're at. And for us, if we're dealing with our own stress, can we go all the way to them? It's like, no, can we meet in the middle? And if two people, I guess that's what it is, if two people aren't willing to come to the middle, then I think that's when things don't get resolved. What do you think?
0: Mm-hmm. No, I yeah, I definitely agree. I was actually just trying to spin it in my head as far as, you know, because we see gossip all over the place. I mean, clearly there's like a hit show called Gossip Girl. <laughs> I mean, it's a prevalent yeah. thing in our society with the gossip magazines and all the blogs that are writing nasty things about celebrities. I mean, we live in a society where gossip is like socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know,
1: Really quick, but with online, too, and how Gossip Girl, because I did watch that show, um, how it was just like the texting and taking pictures and sending it to friends, and did you hear this? I mean, now that we've got our technology, you know, at our hip, and we just basically are with it all the time, and um, you know who you are, if you understand what I'm saying, (laughs) it's like crazy, Um, that the gossip can come in. So easily, just with like technology and our online world and everything too. So.
0: so the question becomes: is, is I feel like gossip is not going away. So the, the, that's one thing I, I, I might know for sure at this point. That's like it's not going away. I mean, we live in a, a, a you know a, we're human beings. We get hurt feelings and then we choose to talk. So, however that gets perceived, if you're having attention, I mean, there for me there's. There's the difference between gossip and just expressing that you're hurt by somebody. For me, there is a difference. Gossip, I feel, in my own definition, would be to to deliberately try to tear somebody down. Where to talk to somebody about another person to express um, hurt and pain, I'm not sure that I feel that the same. I, I would love to know your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting because there is two different types of gossip. There's the type of gossip that's just the general like, you know, hey, Angel, did you hear about so-and-so, you know, common friend or from high school? They they, they did this or whatever, you know, talking about someone. Someone had a baby, someone's starting a new business. That regular talk and chatter or whatever about people around us is normal. That's not harmful gossip. There's like normal gossip that's just so-and-so is doing this and did you hear about them getting married and getting engaged? I'm so happy. That's part of life. And in fact, research does also show that the more, um, for instance, social people tend to be prone to talking about other people because they are interested in people and they like people, so they'll talk about them. That is not harmful gossip but there's a difference between that kind of gossip, quote-unquote, and then harmful, malicious gossip. And that's when this is taking into really our morality and our accountability with it. You know, what's our motive? Are we revealing a passive-aggressive motive to this where we're isolating and harming others? Um, Are we tearing down people in a community? Um, Are we, what's our motive? You know, and something that we were talking about before this low self-esteem or a desire to fit in can be motivation for this gossip. Right. Right. So sorry yeah. about that. I just had to take a pause. No,
0: it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting topic because people, the aftermath is that people get hurt by gossip. So mm-hmm. um, whether the gossiper is, you know, maliciously, I and mean, it's going to go back to me because I'm just always, always looking for people's agendas. I am just always motive, agenda, what are they doing? I see this. You know, I'm, I just can't help it. It's just I'm always looking for it because innately I've just seen so many times people say things to de- deli- behind somebody's back to deliberately try to sabotage something. So
1: motive
0: mm-hmm. becomes, you know, extremely interesting to me, in regards Mm -hmm. to human behavior.
1: Mm -hmm. And really what it is, too, um, it's a form of attack, and it's really about empowering one person while disempowering another. That's what it's about. It's like an angle. How can I empower myself and disempower this other person? And you know what I can do? I can do a little dirty trick, and I can say something pretty malicious or pretty, you know, that sounds really good, and it's my story, the, person, the other person's story doesn't even get to be heard. I get to say it from my angle, and guess what? I just bought myself, in a really shady way, more power now, it, you know, to break bonds with other people, to enhance one's power or prestige. And um, there's a, another ancient proverb, and I love how this set, this goes. It says, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife, and gossip will penetrate the best of friends or separate the best of friends. So it's hard. We don't want to do that. If we're a type of social person, we're interested in people, and we're talking about just like the general things that happen, that's one thing. But if we're talking about more negative things that put others in a bad light, that does separate others, and it's not healthy, and it it can spill out into other areas. It can then have a ripple effect. So it's like not cool, and then we're accountable for that and it'll come back to us. That's the problem. If we're putting that out there, it will come back. Mm-hmm. So.
0: I wonder also um, if it also, inc- well, clearly it sounds like the troublemaker, the gossiper planting the seeds, enticing people because maybe they're bored or they're feeling disempowered by the situation and they want to feel empowered again. It's A, their ego gets inflated when they win, or at least they think they win. And then B, um, oh,
1: what was my other thought? I just lost it. Just an empowerment thing where it's a power ego trip. Oh,
0: my other, yeah. And B was, does the hidden area get larger? Oh. Well,
1: that's, <laughs> you know, and that's an interesting topic, Um back to that blind spot and I know we're kind of, you know, on the heat, on the tail of wrapping um, up our talk, but that's the main point is, is the destructive negative gossip when we have that itch to share something that could be maligning someone's reputation, could be frankly what's called slander, which could be legal, Mm. um, if we're having low self-esteem and we're just trying to gain power in a situation we best be probably shutting our mouth. I think that's the whole point of this. And th- hey, this is for ev- this is for myself. This is for everyone in their blind spot. I'm sure you relate to this, Angel. Like this is serious. This could be really serious stuff. And it's something to ponder. And the whole point back to what you said is our hidden area getting bigger is it feeding into the hidden area? absolutely it's not being open and free and healthy it's like what can i do to continue to not see me not look at my piece in this not even try to come to mutual agreement with who i'm slandering or gossiping about not wanting to look at my story or maybe their story because i was having a conflict and you know then we'll kind of wrap things up but um, and one of my students even was like well sometimes it's good to just do the spiritual thing and look and see from the other person's point of view why they're feeling the way they're feeling and just reflect on that for a bit instead of trying to be right and being in our story. So it's for everyone. It's for ourselves as we're saying this, and it's for those ones that we've been hurt by gossip, and it's for, you know, again, back to us when we're wanting to maybe say things too. It's just not pretty. It's not pretty. It's not... It's not a pretty part of character, and but that's the whole point of our show is we're trying to elevate ourselves and we're trying to elevate our audience to um, reach the higher self, you know, and be more in our spiritual self, which is um, more loving and coming from that heart-shaped area, <laughs> our heart center. so Absolutely.
0: That's kind of what like to say. And to know that your word, I mean, you brought up a, an, an amazing word to kind of stand out, just really stood out to me, is the word slander. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't know that what you might be saying is a false spoken statement damaging a person's reputation that you could be sued for. Mm -hmm. And it's it's no laughing matter. When somebody, especially because I know we've got a lot of listeners that are business owners, and that when you are deliberately trying to harm somebody's reputation... It's something to watch out for. Keeping your mouth closed and being as professional as possible in the way you speak about people is mandatory unless you're looking yeah. for trouble. I mean, I really Absolutely. want to bring that home because it's just, if I can help stop any kind of gossip, I mean, that would be the first thing to
1: be like, well, I don't want to get sued. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I know. I, have, I agree. And- As always, while we're talking about this topic that's sensitive, that's trying to increase our own heart-centeredness and encourage that in our audience, which is the whole intention and motivation for this show, including what we're going to offer in the Hourglass, which is going to be coming soon, um, is that this is a process as humans that we want to educate on as we're working on, you know, and that's kind of what I want to say, too, and so um, if you're interested in more self-development, unblocking the areas that feel stuck, things that need to be healed, definitely check out my site, thesoulshift.com. And if you want everything else that's amazing, cool, having to up-level your business and design, Angel, why don't you take a, a moment to talk about what you sh- you offer.
0: Oh, I, well, actually, I really want to talk about the hourglass for just a second because we okay. are you know, ready to, you know, launch that and it's just something where if you have some healing that you know if you, maybe you've suffered from being a gossiper or you're having some you know, repercussions of something happening to you in your business, in your life and you do need that healing work, we are going to be offering that in the hourglass so if you go to heartshapedheroin.com and click on the hourglass We're doing this only once a month, so we do encourage you to get involved so that you can get your questions answered and be a part of the healing that Susan's going to be doing on these calls because we all need healing, and if we're gossiping, that's just a clear indication that there's some healing that hasn't been taken care of, and we are offering that to you. So, yeah, do please take a moment to do that, and then... um, I don't need to go into my stuff right now. I'm totally fine. I love th- this topic tonight, and I know we'll just continue to expand on it because it's something that's not going away in our society, but it's something that we should be conscious about. So um, thank you so much, Susan, for your insights. I loved all hearing about the blind spot and that. what was it called, the Jahari Principle? Oh, the Jahari
1: Window, J-O-H-A-R-I. Yeah. Two therapists that came up with it together and um, put their names, Joe, Joseph and Harry, so Johari. So we're gonna have to think of something with our two names um, <laughs> for our <names. laughs> thing. It was really cute totally. they named it that. So anyway,
0: awesome. Okay, well uh, this is Angel Quintana from Heartshape Paragon and Susan Hewitt signing off. Have a wonderful Friday and
1: a wonderful weekend.
0: All right, everybody. Good night.